hello. <laughs> you said it's so creepy. Do you hear the sound? Yes, Linda, what is the sound I hear in the background? That is the bath. Earth at Linda, the bathtub episode. This one's gonna I'm go also down in the bath here. Let me get some, let me get some Foley work. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's the Man. tub. We're in Great it. Great idea. Great idea, Andy. We're not in the tub together. <laughs> no. To let that be known. No, for many reasons. For COVID reasons, for you know, uh, maintenance of our relationship reasons. There's a lot of reasons. I like I like how COVID is the first reason. Yeah. And then <laughs> for any listeners who have been curious about like a Burton and Ernie situation with us, I bet their hearts just skipped a beat. Wait, so who's Burton? Who's them. Ernie? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I don't know that much about their personalities. I get this sensation that Bert is like the uptight one. So I'm probably Bert. I'm also taller. Yeah. You're Bert for sure. And Ernie's like kind of a, kind of a free spirit, right? Isn't that his whole deal? Yes. Yes. So we actually are kind of a Bert and Ernie, huh? Yeah, we kind of are. Yeah. But yeah, I figured, you know, today was going to be a a day no matter what. And, uh, I didn't want to have a normal ass podcast. Because we would just talk about stupid shit, so I thought we could just chill out uh, and make a nice, safe space for our listeners to also chill out and relax. Maybe you, listener, are also in the tub. I feel like I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Mm, so you're not chilled out yet? Nope. And, and I we... just opened up a, a thing, and Trump's in the lead. <sighs> well, it's not, <sighs> don't, don't look at those things yet. Those those things are irrelevant okay. as, of, as of right now. Yeah, like, just don't even open it. Yeah. Just I mean, where is he in the lead? No places have even, I guess, four minutes ago, the first states closed their polling locations, right? Yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Well, yeah, that tracks. What are you going to do? Cry. Just let, just let the tub, let the tub take over, Linda. Let You're right. I need in. to close, close the maps. You, you just got in the tub, so I understand it hasn't taken its effect yet, but let it wash over you. Just I even out. put the lavender salts in it. I actually had to, I started running the tub, and then I put what I thought was bubble bath in the tub, and then I had to stop and empty the tub, because I had, in fact, put some sort of laundry pre-soak in the tub. <laughs> so it was, like, two inches full, and I was like, oops, this is not, and I had to read, like, it was one little line of text on the label, which is otherwise looks exactly like good bubble bath, and instead, it was some kind of laundry pre-soak, so I had to empty that out, because, wow. you know, chemicals, my, my, my delicate skin can't take the chemicals. Yeah, was it um, extra sudsy? It was normal sudsy, I would say, but you know, I am not a shirt. I'm a I'm a man. That is right. So, I took the day off of work, Linda, because I didn't want to sit in front of a computer all day, uh, in front of an internet box, and so I just tilled up my whole front lawn. Whoa! Yeah, I borrowed the neighborhood tiller. Which we, which is a thing we have here, and I just tilled up the whole ding dang thing, fucked up so much grass, turned it all into dirt, <laughs> and it felt good. So, it felt good to do something physical and not. Why did you? Why though? Oh, we're turning it into a garden. Our our front oh, okay. our front lawn is like. Well, it, we have a front porch, but our front porch is like a, a story above our front lawn, and mm-hmm. as such, our front lawn is like kind of inaccessible a little bit like we would never go do anything in our front lawn is the way to put it we've been in this house for coming up on six years now we've never done anything in the front lawn aside from one time we hosted people over for a socially distanced uh birthday 
spree and they sat in the front lawn we were on the front porch but normally it's just the thing we look at that kind of sits between us as a liminal space between us and the street and so right. we're going to maximize that potential and just make it a nice garden mm. but for that to happen all the grass had to go and that's you already have today. such a big garden that's why i'm surprised i'm like wow you're gonna have yeah a we have a farm. big vegetable garden out back but this the front will just be garden as in nice looking plants to, to look at with your eyeballs some flowering shrubs, like, that kind of stuff. I have this very like picturesque image in my mind of your yard, and it feels like uh, it takes me back to like a book. Like I feel like I'm reading a book, and there's this place, and it's like somewhere between fall and 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 springtime. It's never like too hot or too cold, and it's just beautiful and serene. And it's a secret garden. I'm glad you have such a poetic vision of our yard. It's actually kind of a exactly. nothing plot of grass right now. But it's actually we are working shithole. on it. It's going to be good, I swear. That's great. I'm happy for you. Yeah. So did you give your whole company the day off? Or were you just like, this is what I'm doing? No, I just took off. They themselves. can take off if they want. They know they can take off. <laughs> yeah. No, I just decided on Sunday. I was like, you know what I'm not going to do on Tuesday is uh, pretend to work and sit at a computer all day and read hot takes on various social media networks. I'm not going to do yeah. that. Yeah. This is me working. The good impression of me, Linda. Spot on <laughs> as always. Just it was really hard to dude. know. It was really hard to know how to manage my team today because I had like some meetings set up because I'm like, okay, well, after today, the, the week is pretty much gone. Like, let's just assume that the week is over after Tuesday. The, the um, week, I think, is being a little bit optimistic, I would say, Linda. Oh, yeah? Like, well, you so, think the month is gone? So here's the thing. Like, I am actually not that anxious today, specifically, because mm -hmm. I actually think that today is just the beginning of what will be two to three months of the utter nightmare in this country pretty much yeah and like you know 95 percent of the outcomes of today whatever they end up being are joe biden wins by some margin and it does not matter what that margin is but donald trump will not concede defeat under any circumstances he's, he's been very clear that he's not going to concede defeat that's his that's his plan so we are going to have two months of unprecedented court battles to get ballots ignored or revoked we're going to have two months of people reading the constitution over and over again and people are trying to figure out what do we do if he actually refuses to leave the office and who do we send Oof. in to kick him out and we have two months of the whole trump administration like stripping the white house and the government down to like the copper pipes basically uh i think Ooh. it's just gonna be a nightmare and that's not even that's not even you know taking into account what sorts of horrific domestic terrorism he will incite amongst his lunatic supporters it's gonna be bad. Yeah. It's gonna be bad, yeah. and like, and like, that's gonna happen pretty much. I think that's gonna happen no matter what happens today, unless today somehow by some horrible act of mathematics, uh, he manages to actually win in a semi-convincingly way, which I don't think is is going to happen. Right. So basically, Ugh. basically, no matter what, I think we got two months of of shit ahead of ahead of us bare minimum and so, the other thing is like there's so many people that are so excited to get him out of office finally right they're like they've been counting down the days the man's not going anywhere like he's he's not going anywhere he's gonna like start a tv network and you know move to some country without extradition and 
operate like a, you know a chain of hotels or something. He's just he's gonna continue to be a like face in the media. And he's gonna continue to stir up the same people he's been stirring up for the past five years. Yeah, but everybody's gotta die someday. You know? That is true, Linda. And he is old. Also true. That's his only redeeming quality. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm not. I'm not quite as doom and gloomy about what's going to happen. I'm trying to stay positive, and uh, but yeah, a lot of my friends have been like, "Hey, I need to figure out who to come and stay with in case shit gets really bad." And so those conversations have been happening. But yeah, I was saying yesterday that like I was kind of talking with some friends about the reasons why I don't think Donald Trump will succeed at doing a coup and thwarting democracy at the end of the day. Uh, you know, like an actual coup. Like he could theoretically, like let's just say, uh, in theory, the the actual votes are pretty close. Then I think he could do a you know quote unquote legitimized coup, or like you know a so and so legitimized coup where he would just you know win a bunch of court cases and the Democrats would give up just like they did in two thousand with Gore. Um, right. That could happen, but I don't think he'd actually do like a real coup, like where everybody where everybody in the media and government agreed that he lost the election, but he sort of stayed and kept power. And I was going over the reasons why I didn't think that would happen. And then I was like, but you know what? You know what's really bleak? That we have to seriously consider uh, the <laughs> reasons why our current president won't be able to do a coup, probably. Uh, that's not a good spot <laughs> to be in, in, a, in America, really. Right. Just the fact that we're having that conversation. And it's yes. like, no, I think it might be, you know, he might not be as good at running coups yeah, as he would need to be people to pull could it disagree off. on the, the viability of a, of a coup. <laughs> so that's not yeah. a good spot in general. Uh, yeah, well, I just like went to went to the Trader Joe's with a friend of mine and loaded up on some snacks for the evening. And lots and lots and lots and lots of places are boarded up already. I was like, yeah. damn. Yeah. So the world is getting ready. Just it's wild. In case. But I'm also like, you know, the thing that you expect to happen is never the thing that happens. Like, I thought Hillary was going to win four years ago. And boy, did the world take me by surprise. So See, I actually was somewhat skeptical in 2016. Like, Hillary went out to a party, which was ostensibly a let's celebrate the first woman president party. And I was like, I'm not going to go to that party because I don't feel as confident in the outcome of tonight. Right. Oh, I thought you were talking about Hillary Clinton. Got it. Your Hillary went to a right. Yeah. Sorry. Hillary Hillary namespace pollution. Right. Yes. My uh, my wife went to a party on in 2016, and I did not have it in me because I was like, I don't know so much. But I really think I think that the pundit class, who normally I have a lot of problems with, and I think they are they're always trying to make bombastic claims and you know, basically get clicks on their websites. I think everyone is so afraid of calling a shot and being wrong, like they all were in 2016, that everyone is being mm -hmm. extra gun-shy. And actually, if you look at the polls, uh, there is absolutely no reason to believe that Donald Trump has much of a chance to win this election. So, Yeah, but that's the thing. is like, aren't the polls not really a, a sacred space anymore? Because well, they're not, so many, but also like, they've all been adjusted voters. based on 2016 because everyone had egg on their face when... They oh, were so okay. confident that she was going to win. So a lot of the sort of weighting of exit polls versus other polls and, you know, whatnot has been changed a little bit. So that's something. But the other, the other thing is the reason she lost was because of basically low voter, low voter turnout, pretty much. Like, 
there weren't yeah. a surpassingly large number of people, if you like look district by district or county by county, that, you know, voted Democrat in 2008 uh, and 2012 and then, you know, voted Trump. It's actually way more that voted in 2008 and 2012 and then just stayed home or didn't, you know, vote for president at right. all. And voter turnout seems to be off the charts this year by all measures. So yeah, that's a thing too. But do you want to talk about politics or do you not want to talk about Ooh, politics? Because we're, you know, I here cannot, we are in the bath. I don't think we should talk about politics. I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. It's hard to breathe. Please don't drown on air. That would be... <laughs> I would be faced with this moral dilemma. Uh, of, do I put the episode out? Does it become some sort of, you know weird yeah the last the last few days have been just so strange i don't recall a time in my life where i felt like this i just feel like i have a lot of energy and i don't know where to put it i have never felt so much shared anxiety on a on a societal level that i have felt in like the past three four days yeah usually like i feel like the definition of anxiety is almost like a thing that you are unreasonably worried about. And, but, but no, this time, like the, yeah, everyone I know is in on it, uh, <laughs> which is kind of comforting in a way, but it's also, I don't know. Like I've, I mean, I've just the boarded up businesses, like my... you mentioned, like boarded up businesses. That's a, that's a level of broad anxiety and broad concern that uh, I have not right. really been a part of before in my adult Yeah. Like life. if a business is like, yeah, it's not worth the risk. Like, it's serious um i started going to my co-working space again in the last couple weeks yeah i'll talk about that in a second but as we were leaving today everyone was saying good luck like as if good luck surviving (laughs) good luck with your emotional life yeah as if it like it was everyone's opening night at the high school play or something it was just like yeah hope hope you do great hope you figure out where to put all of this weird energy, but I sure don't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, co-working space. That's been fun. Interesting. I would not have guessed any co-working spaces would be open. Again. Yeah, so my, my co-working space is a small community space in Brooklyn. It's the Friends Work Here. And my name is on the website, so I don't care if people know that I go there. Um, but... Yeah, it's in my neighborhood, and um, there are very strict rules to be there. Um, They're only booking desks at 40% capacity, and there's no more, like, floater desks, so we don't have anyone who's just going to, like, show up every now and then just hang out. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, nobody can come in by train, so you can only be in the space if you live in the neighborhood and, like, promise that you're not taking... Uh, public transportation and yeah so usually I go in there everyone's wearing a mask at their desk and it's like maybe there are four yeah about four people at a time that's great but it's been good to get back out of the house I assume so good yeah it's been I can so imagine good. I think that like that's something that I really learned about myself during all of this because you know even though I felt like I had already figured it out uh when I started working remotely a couple of years ago, uh, I've learned that like, no, I really, really need at least a few days just in the presence of other people. It's not like I need like a big social gathering and I don't need to like hang out. I'm not an extrovert in that way. 
You want to go um, play ping pong at the cool startup ping pong table? Ew, no. I know, gross, right? <laughs> but I do very much enjoy just like having a few people around. Yeah. So yeah, that's the biggest development in my life. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, you know, we have an equally small office. And there's not, I mean, especially since my one uh, co-founder moved to Oklahoma, we we could theoretically open our office again, right? And it would be very low risk in the same way that you're describing your office is, sounds like a very low risk situation. But I find mm-hmm. myself doing this weird like calculus where it's like, you know, before I would engage in, in the before times, I would engage in all sorts of low risk activities just as a matter of living a life, right? Right. But, but now all of a sudden it's like, well, even if that's low risk, what's the benefit? It's very hard to quantify the benefit of right. opening the office again. Like, surely the emotional well-being of like people like you and me that would like to go to a place and do a thing is worth something. But how do you quantify that something and make the case right. that make the case that actually this is worth risking, even if it's you know a one percent chance that there's some transmission of a disease in the in the walls of our office because of this. It's like, is it worth that? Which, I don't know. For all of my, uh, for all of the worrying I do in my in the course of life, I would never have considered something like that before, right? But right. But here we are. The world has changed. Yeah, and I think it would be one thing if it was like a business deciding, like, yes, we're going to reopen our doors and like kind of make this weird semi-obligation that people, like, no, totally, you don't have to come in if you don't want to, but like, really, we're going to be mad if you don't. Um, yeah, so that's probably it's, how I'd put not... it to our employees. I'd probably be like, "Yeah, we're actually going to secretly be mad at you if you don't." Do this. <laughs> but there's just like real social pressure. That's like what capitalism creates. It's like anytime there's power involved, like whether no, it's you're... true. There is pressure. I mean, there's, there's even nice pressure just to person. be like, you know, if you're not around when there are conversations happening about work, like, do you fall behind? Right. Does it like affect your ability to do your job? Do you like worry? Like, yeah, there's all kinds of questions like that for sure. Totally. So yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, the fact that this is, like, everyone's entering at their own risk and we're all being respectful adults and, like, the second you have even the faintest tickle in your throat, you better not come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, it's good you have a community of people that you trust to uh, to do that with. Yeah, and it's, like, two of the women who are my closest friends anyways who work out of there. So we're kind of, like, in the bubble. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Cool. That's nice for yeah. you, Annette. That's nice for you to get out of the house, I imagine. Yes. And I also today was kind of thinking about how, like, there's all this energy, but, like, Slack is totally dead. So it's really weird. It's like sometimes when you're in a big office and a day like today is happening, like, work isn't getting done, but there's just, like, a buzz in the air. And everybody's vibrating kind of like, a little bit. Yeah, and everyone's, like in it together and like you just know immediately where everybody stands just by being there and there's like no way to get that feeling through slack when it's just quiet (laughs) it's like yes that is a kind of community that is not transmitted via any kind of online means right so today i was really like starting to panic a little bit not panic but i'm just like you're like, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? Am I like being too active? Am I, you know, cause I had some meetings and stuff scheduled. So I was like, mm-hmm. Hey everyone, just let me know if you like, don't need this today. And like, it was 50, 50, like some people were like, 
yeah, let's please move that meeting because there's no way in hell that I can focus. And then other people who are like the exact opposite. And they're like, I really can't wait for the distraction. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sympathetic to those people. But also, like I said, I feel like today is not actually going to be the bad day. It's going to be like, I think we're going to be in this horrible limbo until you know yeah but i think that today today is going to be the catalyst for whatever the bad thing is yes today is the day it kicks off yes so fun fun times yeah worst year of your life 2020 worst year of your life or uh, or no have you had worse uh let's think about that it's a toss-up for me It's it's a toss-up what was the worst year I had a bad, I had a bad 2016 for, for a number of reasons, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I, I would say this is, a, it's close. It's, it's coming in real close. Tell me all the bad things. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not dwell on bad things. No, no, I'm no one wants kidding. to hear that. Of course, of course. No but like later in that. secret. Yeah. You, you know all the things already. You just might not be putting all the oh, pieces okay. together. Yeah, because I feel like I met you around then. We've known each other for much longer than that. I actually checked the uh, I checked the logs recently for some reason. I forget why, but we met in like June of 2014. What? Mm-hmm. Damn. Six years, baby. Time. When's our anniversary? Like, Can we celebrate that? Well, I mean, we we like first uh, we were following each other on Twitter for a while mutually. I don't know when we first right. started doing that, but then we first like we g chatted that one night on in June. You remember we talked about uh, action Bronson. Yeah. Right, um, and that what, was like 2013, right? That was, I think that was 2014, maybe 2013. Okay. But then okay. you were like, two months later, you were in Baltimore for uh, that event at MICA. Right. And I would consider that when we like really became friends. Yes, I agree. But oh, let's, let's think. That couldn't have been, that must have been in 2015 because... I was living in this house at the time, and I bought this house at the end of 2014. Well, no, maybe. I bet it was like January or February of 2015, like early yeah. in the spring semester of 2015 was when you were in Baltimore. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And then the rest is history, and here we are sitting in the fucking tub recording the like tub. the 135th episode of our silly podcast. 130th? 130 plus. I think we're like 135 or 133 now or something. Wow. Time flies. It doesn't. It's been a really horrendously long year. <laughs> well, it's weird. Like, time is just weird. Some things feel like I'm shocked that we will have been in this house for six years in December because mm-hmm. it does not feel like college feels like it lasted much longer than the time I've lived in this house, for example. Um, so does high school. The, my, the, my, you know, four years right. of high school feel feel so much longer than the six years I've lived in this house. School was like the never-ending chapter of our lives. I remember thinking, like, just how long it was and being like, damn. You know, in some ways, it's kind of sobering because it's like, you. I guess we're just going through so many things that right. you have many more things to punctuate. Like, in your brain, your brain is not going to remember time linearly. It remembers time as like a series of events. And if mm-hmm. you have more events packed into the same window of actual linear time it probably feels longer because you're like oh all this stuff happened and so it's kind of sobering because it's like well i've been here for six years and like what's happened i mean a lot of things have happened but not as much as i guess happened in the four years of high school when you're like in the ravages of puberty right yeah Yeah. i um 
I have some follow up from the last episode. If you want, if you want to do a little follow up. Ooh, let's do a follow up. That well, sounds fun. Well, you wanted some measurements of uh of my butt and and thighs, and I have those for you. Did you did you want oh, to yay. guess before I reveal the <laughs> the final numbers? Did you want to do a little over under? What do you want to do? I just hope somebody's listening for the first time and going, "What the fuck." Yeah, just, that's what this that's what this show is. We talk about butts all the time. This is the first episode where our butts are actually out for the recording, which they is are. revolutionary. <laughs> I'm just gonna call this butts out. That's the name of the episode, probably. Butts out the election episode. Butts out 2020. <laughs> Vote butts for all elected positions. Anyways, all right. Tell me your measurements. Uh, so my thigh is like 26 inches in Whoa, okay. Like the, the tippy top of it? Like the biggest, at its biggest point? Uh, yeah, at the biggest point that's not encroaching on the butt, you know? Okay, Kind of yeah. just gets bigger as it goes up, so it's hard to know where to draw the line. And then uh, my whole, like, hips are like 42 inches, which, is that what, is that kind of what you said yours were? Like yeah, 40? it is. Wow, maybe we could share pants. Wow, wait, how big was your thigh? 26. Okay, mine's 24, 25. I haven't measured it in a while. Um, oh, let me see how wrong I was about my neck. <laughs> oh, I don't have my neck on this one. Damn. Do you but have yeah, like a biceps, you have like a personal measurements app? Uh, no, I, I track it in Notion. Oh, interesting. I have stats all the way back to January 2018. For the dimensions um, of your body. Yeah. Because I think it's a really good way to check in when you, like, weigh yourself and you weigh, like, a pound more. And you're like, oh, no. It's good to just be like, okay, there have been these times in my life where my body has been bigger and it has been smaller. And, like, it's always pretty much the same, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, you don't have neck bi- in there. I don't have neck in here. My My bicep is 12 inches. Did you measure your bicep? I, no, I didn't measure my bicep. You only told me to measure Shit. my thighs and, and hips. I didn't measure my bicep. But I have, right. have kind of scrawny spaghetti arms. I don't, I, I, I'm not sure my bicep is much bigger than yours. Yeah, my biceps are pretty jacked, and I don't know why. Like, I don't, I just build up. Says, upper says body the woman muscle. taking two, two times a week kettlebell classes during quarantine. That's true. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a guess as to why. It's probably your a, a deep commitment to physical fitness that has lasted for most of your adult life. That's true. Just just this spitballing is... over here, you know, throwing but, some stuff at the wall, know, see what sticks. I also come from an upper body. Like, my mom has really broad shoulders. I've talked about my broad shoulders to you before. You have talked about like your broad them. shoulders, yes. Yeah, I'm going to pull up my neck measurements. I know I have I know it's somewhere. bigger than 12 inches. Let's just start there. <laughs> but what if it's not? What if I have a dainty pencil? You've got a, a Barbie neck, neck and, yeah. some, and some beefy biceps. Yeah. You don't know me. You know me pretty well. How's <laughs> that say? Okay. Oh, come on, neck. Come on, neck. Oh, shit. 12 and a half inches. But where on your neck? Are you measuring like the narrowest point, like up by your jaw? Like the center of it. The yeah. center? Where's the center of your neck? I have a. I'm telling you, my neck and my biceps are the exact same size. <laughs> It's really weird. Like now, if only you, your thighs I, were that size, too, you'd basically be a starfish. You would just, you know, know. you'd have, like, a core and then just equally sized appendages coming out in all directions. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, I'll catch myself in Zoom or whatever sometimes and be like, huh, my proportions are a little funny. 
Because I'll notice that, like, two of my arms is basically the size of my waist. And so I feel like I have big arms for the size of my waist and everything else. But I got a big old butt, too, so who knows? Yeah. Well, I feel like lots of people would, would want that. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I feel like we could do a a Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants thing. It sounds like your pants could fit me and vice versa, except in life. I would, let's do it. Were you that guy in high school who wore, like, really cool girl jeans that you got at the thrift store? I didn't do anything cool in high school, Linda. (laughs) Not one thing. What did you, what did your thing say? You were, like, a art dork in high school and a jock in art school? My my Twitter bio is, is a nerd in high school, jock in art school. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Which I think is a pretty succinct way to describe where I fit in, which is to say I don't fit in. <laughs> yeah. You fit in. Uh, would you call yourself a founder? I would really try very hard not to, but... That's what I like about you. But it is descriptive of what yeah. I did. I'm going to interview you for a thing I'm doing. Oh, really? We Yeah, we just dipped into some personal talk, but... Yeah. <laughs> God forbid we get personal on our podcast. We're recording in the tub, <laughs> in you know, three hundred mile distant tubs. Yeah, no one wants to hear that shit. Yeah. Well, I'd be honored. I'd be happy to. Good. I really okay, like I answering I'm... questions. That's 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 how my narcissism Ooh. primarily manifests itself. I think that's like good. That's probably eighty five percent of what I like about therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I like answering like, questions. Tell me about yourself. Well, no, it's like I, I try, I strive very hard to be articulate with my words, and I also am self-conscious of how much I like to talk and just walking into a space and bloviating a bunch, and so right. I don't ever give myself permission to just talk, and so I like answering questions because then I've been given social permission to speak yeah. on something. You know? Well, this is good news. It's very vain and very narcissistic, but I do like doing it. You just fit the persona for a thing that I'm working on. Because we need to reach out to founders, but not like the douchey type. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I hate this already. (laughs) No, I don't. I would would take any opportunity to, to chat with Linda. To talk about yourself. And also to talk about myself. Yeah. The most interesting subject of which I'm knowledgeable upon. (laughs) Amy, what is today what is this uh it's a very it's a it's a very weird day it's so weird it it is is kind of like i do feel like 2016 in the communities in which we live was a unique shared trauma where yes like i think people are mostly just anxious that they will have to feel that way again (laughs) right yeah like like I, i don't even really think most people are anxious about the the practical implications of another four years of a Trump term or like whatever. I think most people just don't want to feel the way they felt four years ago on, yeah, on that exactly. night. Uh, and exactly. honestly, I think, I think that is like, I, I was listening to, I've listened to these like in political podcasts this past week. And one of them was describing the sort of, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can look at the polls and you could do the numbers and you could, you know, try and walk it out and figure out how likely it is that, you know, Biden will win or whatever, but like some of, one of the simplest ways to put it that makes it feel like Biden should uh, come away victorious in this election is just that 
when everything sucks, it's very hard to win as the incumbent, and everything sucks so hard right now. And whether you yeah. whether you directly blame that on him or whether you can like you know draw some you know line back to him and you know create some matrix of blame, like no voters do that. Like you know, point five percent of voters actually think about anything like the practical ramifications. I think people just are like, everything feels bad right now. It feels terrible. And so I'm going to, you know, vote to change that pretty much. And I think yeah. even, I think every like suburban, I think so many suburban white families that voted for Trump four years ago currently feel terrible and will not do so again is, is my, and Hopefully. more importantly, I think a lot of people that didn't vote at all four years ago feel terrible enough that they have gone out of their way to vote this year because of how right. terrible everything feels. <sighs> Yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of non-voting. I haven't asked my parents, but I'm assuming that they're just, like, not voting right now. Well, and this is America. Like, there's always a shit ton of non-voting. But I do think we are going to see a record low amount of non-voting. Right. Which is still entirely too much non-voting, to be clear. Ugh. Wait, how many people are they expecting to vote? Like, uh... It's like 250 million or something. I don't I think anywhere near that much. 150 million? I think, I think, oh God, put me on the spot. I think in 2016, (laughs) there was like 130 or 140 million votes cast. And the last numbers I saw is prior to the polls opening today, there had been 110 million votes cast already. Okay, cool. So obviously that's a lot of people that are, would have gone to the polls today that are not. So that's not necessarily representative of anything because we are in completely unique circumstances, but Right. And then I think as of noon today, Florida had more ballots cast in the state than they did in all of 2016. And then the polls are still open for seven more hours. So. Wow. Okay. So, cool. I don't know. Make of that what you will, I guess. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go eat a burger. Ooh. Look at you. Because we ordered burgers. Are you out of the tub already? No, I'm in the tub. Are you going to eat a burger in the tub? <laughs> no, but you know what I did eat in the tub? What'd you eat in the tub? <laughs> Veggie straws. <laughs> Those are, that's a top tier snack. Yeah, right before you called, I like, I was so hungry that I had to get something. And yeah. Oh, how's your fast? Did you fast? Yeah, I, I haven't missed a day since we, since you first introduced it to me. That's so cool. I've missed a couple days. I'm not as vigilant as you, but I, I'm taking weekends off. So I fast like Monday through Friday and then. It will be harder when life returns to normal because I, I'm not sure I'll be willing to, like, not enjoy a social meal or something if it falls outside of a window. But right. that's, I mean, honestly, how fucking long until we have that? Like, I, I think I'm, I'm going to call the shot right now. I think if you wanted to, like, pick a, a date when things were most likely to be normal, above 50% to be, like, back to quote-unquote normal, I'm saying spring 2022. Damn. That's, that's my call that's shot. A- that's a big number. I I don't it. think I don't think currently like Christmas next year is looking very good. No, this whole vaccine situation is going to take a lot longer. If that's our saving grace, <laughs> right? And then you know the idea of having a vaccine is entirely dependent on having a healthcare system that is uh, able to deliver that to a population that is willing to get it in a reasonable time frame, which we're kind of lacking both those other things right now. So yeah, ooh. Boy, I was trying to make this a nice, chill, positive bathtub episode where we could just you know, <laughs> luxuriate, but we talked about politics, was, we talked about COVID. It's okay. And I, I was asking you about your fasting. 
I really like eating brunch with Mark on Saturdays and Sundays. Even if I just, like, make us some toast and we, like, sit together and, like, be all cozy with our coffee. It's nice that's to have rituals. Time. Yeah, that's a special time. So I break fast then. What time do you stop eating at night? Uh, like, 6.37. You stop eating at 6.30 or 7? Yeah, and then I start eating again at, like, noon. Or Maybe 11 the next why... day. I've gained like four pounds on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so how often do you weigh yourself? Uh, well, only because I'm doing this experiment. I've been weighing myself. Okay, you like, just wanted data about this. You were like, if I'm going to do yeah. it, I'm going to do it right. This is purely an experiment and it's a data thing. And I feel mentally very like healthy about it. I'm not like being judgmental. And I know that like... That's nice. Whatever. If, it's, if this starts to be... If it seems like I'm just gaining weight on this thing and thinking about food more, then I'm just going to go back to like not thinking about it and eating when I'm hungry and eating mm-hmm. what I want. Because that has been my proven method of happiness. So, Well, there's, there's a lot of other variables here, Linda. Like if you were to take the sort of intermittent fasting out of the picture completely, I would expect everyone to have gained, you know, 10 to 12 pounds this, this month <laughs> in anticipation of, uh, of what's, what's to come. So totally. I, uh, maybe you would have gained more if you were not intermittent fasting, you know? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Good thinking. Yeah. It's just that I, I'm a late night person. So I, I, like last week, like two or three days, I didn't eat anything until like seven. And then I ate. Yeah, from I definitely like, could not do that. No way. Yeah. And I ate from like seven to 10. Where like I had dinner and then I had like a snack and that was it. But yeah, I like to snack. I'm really into snacks. I do too. But now I just snack between 12 and seven or whatever, or 12 and six. Nice. It worked for me. Thank you for introducing to me. You're welcome, Andy. That was me going down the drain. Should we the just should we just cut it there? Is that is that how we're ending? <laughs> Go eat a hamburger, yep. Linda. Thank I'm you for indulging me in my stupid idea. Uh, I'll text you later when it looks like we know what the results. Yeah, I'm not going to check though. because blah, I don't. Blah, blah. Like as I said earlier, I've maintained that. 98% of the outcomes tonight are immaterial to what the next two months look like. So, yes. We will All see. Right. Sounds healthy. Yep. Bye. Bye.